Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 88, where we're discussing the life and death of Jeremy Bentham from season 5 of Lost. watching Saeed. I'm watching all of them, keeping them safe. When you turned up, he called me. What are you doing here? John, just calm down. What do you want from me? Please, let me Answer the question! I'm trying to protect you. Protect me. You shot him. You killed Abaddon. Yes. Yes, I did. But it was only a matter of time before he tried to kill you. I was just trying to get to you. But you drove off and crashed. Why? Why would... He was working for Charles Widmore. He's extremely dangerous. No! Widmore came to me. He saved me. No, Johnny used you. He waited till you showed up so that you could help him get to the island. Charles Widmore is the reason I moved the island. So that he could never find it again. To keep him away so that you could lead. You can't do this. If anything happens to you, John, you have no idea how important you are. Let me help you. There is no helping me. I'm... I'm a failure. No, John, you're not. I am! I couldn't get any of them. I couldn't get a single one of them to come back with me. I can't lead anyone. Jack booked a ticket. What? A plane ticket from Los Angeles to Sydney tonight. Return trip first thing in the morning. Whatever you said to him, John, it worked. And if you got Jack, You can get the rest of them. John, you can't die. You've got too much work to do. We've got to get you back to that island so that you can do it. John, come on. Come down. 
I know we can do this, John. You haven't even been to Sun yet. Let's start with her. No. I... I promised Jin that I wouldn't bring her back. Jin is alive? Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't want her to know. He, he wanted me to tell her that his, that his body washed up on the beach. And uh, he gave me his wedding ring to prove it. All right. Promise is a promise. Thank you. You're welcome. Come on. Let's go. I know we can do this. Once we can get them all in the same place. I don't know where we go from there, but we'll figure something out. I know. Where we go, there's a woman here in Los Angeles. A woman? Yeah. I don't know exactly where, but she shouldn't be that hard to find. Her name is, is, uh, Eloise Hawking. Eloise Hawking. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why? Do you know her? Yes, John. I know her. Oh. Miss you, John. I really will. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 88 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we're discussing the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. Uh, this is one of the few episodes of this season where you can actually say it's a Locke-centric episode, I think. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, it's definitely about him from beginning to end. So, of course... What did you think of the episode? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I, I, I liked the episode a lot because, it, you know, I, I, you wanted to know what had happened to Locke, how, right. you know, mm-hmm. it, how he became, you know, or what happened to him after he, you know, turned the wheel and things like that. And uh, it had a, I think it was a, a very like roller coaster type um um, episode from the emo- you know your emotions and and just your thoughts. I mean, I was all over the place on this one. Yeah, it was definitely an action-packed episode, and I was actually surprised to see that the reactions to the episode were were so mixed, as we'll see when we get into our forum feedback here. Really, 
But for now, yeah, yeah, I was really surprised. I mean, I guess there was um, quite a, a good percentage of people that were just kind of let down, uh, that, that it just didn't live up to expectations, and we can kind of talk about that more later. Huh. So on the island here, um, Caesar, we find out, uh, was one of the passengers from the plane, and he's looking around an old office somewhere. I couldn't figure out exactly where he was or if we were supposed to know where he was, but it looked like one of the old Dharma offices or something. And uh, he finds all of these drawings that seemed really similar to the large map that mm-hmm. was on the floor in the lamppost station. Yep. And Alana, the woman who was holding Saeed, um, shows up and says they found someone, a man. And he was standing in the water and he was wearing a suit. They get back to the beach and sure enough, it's John Locke who is now alive and walking around. Mm-hmm. So, so first off, I mean, how awesome was it that He's alive. <laughs> oh man, I was I was so stoked. Just I mean, I you know I had my obviously my hopes and my suspicions that he would be when he got back to the island, but mm-hmm. just you never you know with you just don't know. I mean, it talked about him being a sacrifice. You know, it's what you know Richard or I think yeah Richard had or no I'm sorry, one of them said it. Richard or or Christian said. I guess that's what it means to be a sacrifice, you know? And Yeah, that was Christian, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know, to me, that almost, you're like, oh, man, that means he may not be back on this island, you know? And yeah. uh, it just, I don't know, it was really, really cool. And I was just so, I don't know, I just got excited when I saw him, you know, back alive yeah, on the island. He's definitely seems different, too. This is kind of like Locke 2.0, and he's oh yeah, he seems like almost like super lock and he it's like he knows more than he did before mm-hmm. and he's kind of like a supernatural being or something oh yeah on this definitely. island there's just a weird air about him and, and it's hard to put into words really yeah i know exactly what you're talking about it just it's a confidence i mean like to, what i liken it to is that he now knows that this is his place you know what i'm saying like he's just there's yeah. just this i don't know almost like just confidence you know that it just that oozes out of him that you know uh, everything that's led up to this was always kind of iffy and things like that. But now he uh-huh. knows, you know, he's back home and, you know, he's in control. Right. Yeah. And if the, you know, the original crash and him being able to walk after being in a wheelchair wasn't enough to kind of prove, at least in his own mind, that he was special, you know, this should do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So we then kind of flash back to the point where Locke originally left the island Mm -hmm. and he wakes up in the desert just like Ben did before and his leg is still broken just like it was down there at the bottom of the well. And he sees a video camera so somebody's watching that spot and he calls for help. He lays there all day and night and eventually some men show up in a truck and load him up and they take him to a hospital of sorts. Um, While he's in the hospital he sees Matthew Abaddon Mm -hmm. standing at a distance kind of watching things. And uh, they set the leg, and he passes out. And later, Charles Widmore is sitting right there next to his bed. Yep. Um, he said, "He says I met you when I was seventeen. Now all these years later, here you are. You look exactly the same." Um, he says, "How long was it for you since we first met?" And Locke says it was four days. And yep. uh, Widmore says that the camera was his, and it's there because that's the exit, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like this island; you leave it, that's where you come out. Right. Yep. What was interesting about that too is it blows our theory completely. Which uh, one? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the theory that we've been talking about for so uh, these last few episodes about 
it it doesn't the person doesn't remember until it happens in the present time with the for you know what I'm saying uh like Locke going back four days ago and doing what he did mm-hmm. with Widmore would have been only a memory as of four days ago if Widmore you know if Widmore if oh, Arthur yes. is true great so. point yeah because Widmore knew is known you know I forget did he say how many years it's 30 been? years yeah, but he said, "Yeah, he says it's been years and years and years ago." Yeah, I so, thought he said, yeah, I thought he's he said had like that memory thirty years. years. He said, yeah, it's been thirty years or something like that for me. How long has it been for you? And he said four days. You know, so so yeah, that no to doubt. me changes everything. Yeah, that's true, man. Great point. It's um, which makes a lot of sense. I've been getting some messages from 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 certain four four members that shall go nameless. Just. Basically ripping me a new one. I guess I guess ripping <laughs> us a new one that we you can you know, take it. Seem seem to have so much trouble understanding like the whole lost time travel situation. Oh yeah, and um, and you know because it made sense to me before. Before now, I don't think we've had good proof either way. No. Now no, now it's, now we do know that that memory, whatever happened in the past, always happened. Right. So it doesn't just become a memory at the moment they go back. Right. It always happened. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, still that's, some that in, sets me straight. There's still some inconsistencies when it goes along with that, which you know we mm-hmm. talked about before with with the Desmond thing, and we talked about before um, with um, whatever. There was another one as well that happened, you know, almost simultaneously. You know, it's like, oh, they remember it now because it happened at that moment. For, yeah, you know. But right. I think this is definitive, like evidence that once it's happened, or it's always a memory. You know, like you said, you know. It's uh, always yeah, whatever part of the happened past. happened. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay, and yeah, we'll have to revisit what that actually means because it seems like we're going to have to go back and kind of rediscuss some things that we thought we understood with the old time travel paradigm, but now we may not know quite as much as we thought we did. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's kind of, it's kind of comical though because yes, obviously we're not. Um, scientist or nor do we have any idea what really time travels about but yeah neither, no, nor does anyone else that's ripping as a new one because there's we make <laughs> you can make your own rules up because it doesn't exist right now you know so it's yeah. hilarious i've been reading some of these emails and people are like obviously that's not a-, you know i'm like no obviously none of this is a- accurate <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> well i think what the the point they've been making is that the they have they feel like the lost writers have given us enough rules so far for us to have a better understanding than you and I have kind of exhibited. Well, and, um, I'm a that could idiot. be, but I, I, I didn't make any sense out of it. So apparently okay. not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I, I, I definitely not, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I, I consider myself to be somewhat, you know, able to understand things that are being told to me. I thought like on like a few, like, I don't know, like in season one or two, we established that you were a rocket scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I couldn't remember if it was that or a paleontologist. Well, one yeah, that's other, right. You, maybe both. Maybe you were both. I can't remember. But I'm the village idiot. <laughs> we have we have dis, you know we have discovered that you know, many episodes ago. So I, I stick to that, and so I'm safe. So yes, you are right. Everybody's attacking you on these forums. Yeah, not me. right. Yeah. <laughs> no, not it's not an attack. I guess, I'm but I will say categorically now that I do think our theory, our old time travel theory, was wrong. Oh yeah, it's and wrong. This, this definitely proves it wrong, and we'll just have to. You know, pick up the pieces and see what we can come up with now. Yep, as in MythBusters, it's busted. That theory is busted. Yeah. We'll move on. <laughs> All right. Well, we can move on then. Um, he says, "I was afraid Ben might fool you into leaving the island." He says, "I was their leader," uh, which that is definitely new information. I think. Mm-hmm. 
So Charles Widmore at one point was the leader of the others that Ben is now the leader of. Right. And he says, we protected the island peacefully for over three decades, but then he was exiled by Ben. He tells Locke that all of his friends who left the island have been back three years and they've all lied about what happened to them. Widmore says he's going to do everything in his power to help him bring them back. He says he's helping because there's a war coming, and if you're not on that island when that happens, the wrong side is going to win. So uh, this this helps paint a picture, I think. So mm-hmm. Charles Widmore at one point is the leader. Mm-hmm. Ben, being you know being Ben, comes along and finds a way to totally exile him from the island. Right. Which totally, I mean, if we we can draw any conclusions from this episode, um, gives you a, a big. Um, indicator of his actions with Locke. Oh, yeah. You know, Ben wants to be the leader. Yeah. And he's going to do whatever it takes to be that. Yep. Yeah. I, I, so, and, and when, when Woodmore, you know, speaks of this war, I can't help to think of like oh, the war between the hostels and the Dharma, you know, thing, you know, the Dharma initiative. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, almost like if that happens again what will, you know, what will be the outcome? Because it seems like whatever the outcome, reason why that, the outcome of that was why probably Widmore or something like that was exiled and, you know, these types of things. Um, but it, it's, it's interesting to look at it that Ben definitely now seems to be trying to get himself back into position of, of leadership to be the leader. Yeah. You know, so now one thing though, I would, I would take issue with that though, is, is Locke is in modern times, you know, what? when he's talking to Widmore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Dharma Initiative doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, that's true. That's true. But I they were, yeah. But so I'm there's, just, we there's definitely about, a good versus evil, but. Well, in the in the past, in the previous episode, when it ended, we saw that Jen was in 1970-something. Right. So I, I'm assuming okay. if he goes back to the island that he would may join up with them then. Okay, gotcha. I see what you mean. Okay. So uh, Widmore gives Locke the passport with the name Jeremy Bentham. So that's how he got the name. Mm-hmm. And he says he's deeply invested in the future of the island. So he's been watching the Oceanic Six. And he says, you know, he sent the boat and Kimi to the island to have been removed so Locke could become the leader. And uh, Abaddon shows up and ends up being kind of a chauffeur of sorts to Locke. And Locke tells him they're going to Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. And they're going so he can connect with Saeed who is not at all interested in going back to the island. Right. And I really like that scene um, because Saeed did not seem like the really troubled, screwed up Saeed that he seemed like, you know, this this season so far. Yeah, yeah. No, I. it was actually like a huge jump, like a 180. I mean, from like killer yeah. to like peacekeeper, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like he's dedicated his life to like kind of – ridding the wrong in his life, you know, the things that he's done, you know, trying to go, yeah. you know, back and, and go ahead and just, uh, you know, it, like he's building looks like homes or something like that for, you know, right. it, it, yeah, just, it is uh, such yeah, a change. Definitely. And I think that what's really cool about it is how he, like he tries to talk some sense in the lock, uh-huh. you know, and says, if you want to do some real good, you know, come back here anytime. Um, and just kind of basically washes his hands of it, and that's kind of the last we hear about it. Yeah. And then Locke heads to New York and asks Abaddon to look up Helen for him. And uh, he then meets up with Walt, and Walt says he's been having dreams about Locke, and uh, it's him on the island wearing a suit, 
and there are people that wanted to hurt him. Mm-hmm. And he asks if Locke has heard from Michael, and Locke says the last time he heard, he was on a freighter off the coast of the island. He says he didn't ask Walt to come back to the island because he's been through enough. And we see Ben watching Locke from a distance. Any thoughts on that whole scene? Yeah. Um, one, it was it, the scene, I don't know, with Walt, I, I was, I guess in this scene, I was probably a little let down because, I don't know, I was expecting a little bit more of emotional, like, reunion, mm. you know, yeah. and, and just, you know, maybe even a little more questioning, you know, and I don't know, it just, it, it just kind of was like, but I guess in the Simpsons, it was kind of fitting, but, you know, you know, just kind of that's how, kind of how Walt and, and, and um, Locke's conversations had been in the past, you know, very short, but very, punctu- you know, they had a lot of a lot of meaning in that short conversation. But I don't know. I think that that's one scene I would say that I was probably uh, disappointed in. I was ho- yeah. I was actually looking forward to seeing that reunion. Yeah. And, and especially if you compare this scene with he and he and, you know, Locke to like a season one scene with, you know, Locke at the backgammon board and like there's no comparison. Right, and exactly. And this just seems, the writing doesn't seem nearly the same quality. I don't, I forget who wrote this episode, but um, it doesn't seem anywhere near the same as early Lost episodes. Right. yeah, exactly. Uh, and as far as Ben watching, I knew there's, yeah. I mean, that was trouble. I mean, obviously there's, that's, that's serious trouble yeah. there. Um, but yeah. the fact that he... Well, I guess I guess we knew we we find out later why he would be there because he had people watching everybody from the oceanic or from the island as well. So right. he would know that yeah. that Locke was doing that. So yeah, I was just thinking how weird it is to go back, you know, to the end of season two when you know Michael and Walt leave and Ben's kind of this mysterious character, yeah, you know, standing there on the pier, and now here he is standing in New York City watching Walt. You know, oh yeah, from a distance, it's just so weird. <laughs> very weird, very very weird. And I was kind of a little disappointed too that it seems like Walt's. I mean, they may put him back, bring him back in, in some more, but it seemed like that was kind of it. Yeah, you know, like they just they knew they needed to bring him back for an episode, and they just didn't want to do much with him. Yeah, and like to me, it's like Walt's been such a huge part of the show, but without yeah. being in the limelight for like three seasons. Yeah, that's that's one of my biggest uh, disappointments with the series as a whole is there was so much investment made in Walt the first couple of seasons about his, you know, kind of paranormal abilities and his ESP and being able to know things that he had no way of knowing and remote projecting himself mm-hmm. and nothing. It's like turned into nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. I honestly thought, like, I remember talking about it. I remember thinking that Walt was probably the central being to this, to this storyline. Right. You know, like, like and he, now he's just an afterthought. A, now it's just kind of gone. I mean, now it may return, and he may still be, but to right. this point, it's just been very, you know, just I don't know how let down, like you said. Yeah. So in Santa Rosa, California, Hurley's painting again, and this time it's a Sphinx, or the Sphinx, I guess, and uh, Locke shows up to see him. He thinks Locke is dead, of course, at first, and he's visiting him in much the same way that Charlie has in the past, Mm -hmm. and uh, Locke tells him that he needs to go back to the island with him, and Hurley then sees Abaddon and says he's evil, and Locke shouldn't be trusting him, and then leaves and says he's not going anywhere with them. 
And Locke asks Abaddon, you know, what he does for Widmore. And he basically says he helps get people to where they need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I guess there's not really much to be said about the Hurley scene other than Locke is, you know, doing pretty terribly so far getting people back to the oh, island. Yeah, definitely. You know, whenever – when. Uh, Abaddon said that about I get people where they need to go. I couldn't help to think that how people showed up at the island, Mm -hmm. you know, and like just that ability, like, or, you know, like the whole thing with, um, with Juliet, you know, certain things had to happen for her to get to the islands. Like those are, you know, it was like, when he said that, I was like, that sounds very similar to the situation, but yet we know that that you know Ben was in control. I mean, I don't know if Widmore was still assisting the island. Yeah, you know, right? I, yeah, I, don't I see know. what you mean. So it's like there are two different groups of people that are both kind of orchestrating events to get people to the island. Right, right. Uh, with with uh, Juliet, it was obviously Richard and his people. Yep. Um, and in this case, it's like Abaddon, who's one of Widmore's people, is doing the same thing. But see, I don't know if Richard is Ben's people. You know, I, I just don't I don't right. understand that yet quite yet because Richard seems extremely intelligent and and capable. You know, and yeah. and if he knows that Ben's this, this and that's what throws me off. I guess in this whole like thing is that if if Ben is evil, why did Richard allow him to be in charge? You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what's confusing to me about Richard is because he seems like a leader. But it's like, for some reason, he also seems like he's subject to Ben. Yeah. And like, he, he has to listen to what he says. Yeah, for what, there must be some type of like, I mean, obviously, there's got to be something there that um, almost like it's outside of his control that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and that's almost what it seems like because he does very much submit to the people that are above him. Right. You know? Yeah. And like, you know, we've said before, there's still way too much mystery about Richard oh, yeah. uh, that we don't Definitely. know yet. I, mean, I, I imagine know. as we learn more about that, a lot of this other stuff will kind of fall in line. Honestly, there's probably more mystery around Richard than there is anybody at this point. Yeah, I agree. To me, Richard is one of the most intriguing mysteries of the show right now. Yeah. Because he's the one that's, I mean, he's the most unique character, the most puzzling character, I think. Definitely. Really. So Locke then visits Kate, who also isn't too keen to go back to the island, and Mm -hmm. she says she thinks about how desperate he was to stay on that island, and she realized it was all because he didn't love anyone. He says it's not true. He loved someone once, and her name was Helen. He says it didn't work out because he was angry and obsessed, and Kate says, you know, look how far you've come. Um, And of course, all of a sudden to me, Locke seemed totally misguided. Oh, like yeah. I kind of lost faith in like the fact that Locke knew what he was doing. Yep. Yeah. And even, yeah. even more so later in the episode, it's kind of like, is, is he really supposed to be doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It almost seemed like he, in his mind at that point, almost decided maybe that he wouldn't go back. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, I kind of got that, you know, it's like, Oh wait, maybe you're right. Maybe I am Maybe I did just screw up and maybe I need to, because after this, he wants to see Helen, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, that's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And it's, man, they did a good job if, if nothing else, I mean, making you wonder about Locke and whether or not he's actually doing what he's meant Mm -hmm. to be doing or not Yep. in this episode. Definitely. And it's like, man, and I, I don't know. I really don't know. Right. 
But he, he leaves and asks Abaddon again if he found Helen, and he beats around the bush a little bit, but ends up taking Locke to a cemetery. So Helen is dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, Abaddon is loading up the wheelchair and is, you know, about to go, and basically he's shot and killed, so he's done, out of the picture. Right. And uh, Locke takes off in the car and ends up in a crash with several cars, but he's still alive. Um, anything to be said about Abaddon's being shot? Well, I knew immediately it was Ben. You know, yeah. I just, I mean, it just, it was obvious, but at the same time, as it's, it was just kind of, I don't know, the Abaddon character, I really liked him, even though there wasn't a whole lot there. Like it was, yeah, he was mysterious. Yeah, it was just kind of like, and plus, just he seemed like a very, he's mysterious, but seemed like he was honest. You asked him a question, he's gonna give you an answer, whether it was what you wanted or not, you know. Right. And 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 you kind of liked the character, but it's like, obviously, he's no longer. But it was just, uh, it was interesting. I didn't, I I think at that point, you know. We know what happens later in the episode, but I believe that Ben was there to not just kill Abaddon, but Locke as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see you know? what you mean. Go ahead and accomplish it then. I have a slightly different take on that, but we can talk about it once we get okay. there. So he wakes up in the hospital, and it's Jack's hospital. Uh, he instantly tells Jack, like, the moment he opens his eyes, he basically tells him that they have to go back, which I mm-hmm. thought he could have done a better job broaching the subject and <laughs> bringing it on lightly. Yeah. Um but uh, Jack is, you know, still hasn't quite hit rock bottom yet, and he kind of thus argues with Locke about fate, and he's still very much old Jack, I think. Yeah. And uh, he says, maybe these delusions that Locke has about being special are just that, and maybe he's just an old man that crashed on an island. And uh, Locke then tells him that his father said hello, and for whatever reason, Jack is stirred by that and really lets it get to him, but he still refuses to go. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this scene is that we're we are th- um, the the people had been off the island for three years at this point, right? And Jack uh, should be already suspended, and he's Why is that? To, because remember, okay, late in a, uh, the episode coming up, or well, that not coming up, that wasn't just in the past, was uh, Saeed. Was mm-hmm. it, but it's actually a it's a couple steps in the future, but it's a couple days I would say, where uh-huh. Saeed is actually comes back to get um, Hurley and he gets he gets in those tranquilizers and th- stuff like that and they bring him in right. and that woman says the woman says you you are suspended you're no longer allowed to practice medicine here, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Saeed is. Let's see. He's yeah. When Jack talks to Saeed, he tells him that you know Locke had already come to see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has to be an answer, but I I can't figure out. I mean, because it's how. only three. The, because Locke wasn't Locke wasn't off the island. It, it, to me, it didn't seem he Locke was off the island, but just a few a few days. You know, or you know, a week or two weeks. You know, I mean, it went like a. It went like years past, you know. I mean, Jack didn't get addicted to drugs, and and you know, it become this depressed mess and get kicked out of, um, you know, his practice, all within a few days, you know, after yeah. talking to Locke. Right. Yeah, I guess. But if you think about it, like the whole drug, like Jack hitting rock bottom, happened, um, 
you know, a very, very short amount of time before Ben showed up and, you know, he went with Ben and, and started doing all this stuff. So we know about the timeline for that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very much toward the end before they went back to the island. Right. Um, but this this seems like, let's see, Widmore tells Locke when he gets there, they've been off the island three years. Um, but I guess, it, I mean, it's possible that Locke got there a month before they left, you know, and went yeah. back to the island. I, I guess, but the, I guess for several weeks at the least. Yeah, I could guess I could see that. Uh, I guess what I don't really get here though is like, obviously we, I mean, I guess we don't know how much time passes between the time he gets out of the hospital and he goes to do what he's going to do, you know, in this episode, yeah. because obviously after someone is dead, the funeral is fairly shortly after that. Well, well Jack, right. You and, know. I, and I really think too, this is what triggered Jack's spiral. I think that him hearing about his dad, um, I think that he was already on the pills whenever Locke was there because you could kind of see in his face that he was kind of messed up, you know. And um, I think this started all of it getting worse. And it probably was just a matter of a few weeks. And then Jack started seeing visions of his dad and all this stuff after he heard that he may not be dead. Okay, so, you're, and, so uh, we're going to assume that the downward spiral happened within the time that, well, I mean, it was already on its tracks, but it actually the yeah. down scent was, was after this. Yeah, co- it really okay. sped up right after he met with Locke. That can make sense. I mean, I just, it was kind of a rapid progression, I guess, in my mind, if that yeah. was only, you know, I, I, th- I think I thought it was like, you know, Kate and him were happy for a year there was some weird stuff for a year and then he had this awful life for a year. You know, that's kind of in my mind how I had it. Yeah. That's the best I can understand it too. And I'm not sure it's totally important. It may just be a small continuity thing if nothing else. No, I think, I think what you said though makes sense. I mean, I think it clears it up pretty good for me. Okay. So a defeated Locke, you know, sits in his hotel room and writes the note to Jack that we saw in the last episode. Mm -hmm. And he then prepares to hang himself and uh, just then, Ben shows up and stops him. Um, he says he's been watching them all and keeping them safe, and he's trying to protect Locke, too. Um, he says he killed Abaddon because it was only a matter of time before he killed Locke. And Ben says Widmore used Locke to try and get back to the island. He says, if anything happens to you, you have no idea how important you are. Let mm-hmm. me help you. He says, there is no helping me. I'm a failure. I can't lead anyone. And Ben then then tells him that Jack booked a plane ticket to Sydney. And so it worked. And if he got Jack, he can get the rest of them. But he says, you can't die. You've got way too much work to do. And he gets locked down and again encourages him. And Locke tells Ben that they can't go see Sun because Jen made him promise that he wouldn't bring her back. Ben is really surprised to hear that Jen's alive and seems to start forming a plan like on the spot, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. And Locke tells him that they need to go see a woman in Los Angeles named Eloise Hawking, which Ben recognizes. And now that he has enough information to get back to the island himself, Ben strangles Locke. Yeah. And then puts him into the noose, making it look like he committed suicide. Right. And he takes Jen's ring, like we saw, you know, to use it instead to convince Sun to return to the island. Right. He says, I'll miss you, John. Really, I will. So this is where my take was different. I, 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 I think I know what your take initially- is. And okay. I think I agree with your take. I think I think he was trying to, had he gotten a hold of Locke probably in a graveyard, he probably would have explained this stuff to him then, then got mm-hmm. the information from him, then offed him. 
you know. Yeah. You yeah, know. I think his goal was just to get back to the island and then, you know, if he had to take Locke all the way back to the island, he would, but mm-hmm. basically he was going to get rid of Locke eventually. Exactly. And once he had the information he needed, he went ahead and did it. See, and I'm a, I guess I'm a bit confused here, and I I'm, I know I'm supposed to be confused at this point on this <laughs> matter, but it's yeah. the the matter of it that I'm kind of confused on is that okay, we know that that Richard Alper told Locke that he was going to have to die, and and you know right. Christian affirmed that, and so I can't just make it out in my head. Now at this point, I want to think that Ben is just completely uh, evil. Okay, I wanted uh-huh. to say he is the he's the villain. Widmore is not the villain, you know. Da da da. Go on with that. But if this is what supposed has to happen, mm-hmm. is he not just doing? Is he not just doing Judas's work? Yeah, I see what you mean. You know, like yeah, it may be bad, but he's doing what has to be done. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I'm on I'm on the same level as you because like we've talked about in episodes in the past he's done lots of things to kind of show that his 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 motivation is whatever's in the best interest of the island most of the time right and there's a little bit of self you know uh, promotion there you know him trying to do what's best for himself but for the most part it seems like everything ben has done right has been done for good reasons yep yeah and 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 you know the whole thing is you know it's like I I think he definitely, I don't, because he says, you know, you're so important, you have to get back to the island. And if -hmm. if he thought there was any chance whatsoever for Locke to come back alive and he didn't want that to happen, why would he put him on the plane? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I know he probably, I mean, mean, if you're thinking of a dead man, you're probably not thinking, oh, he's going to come back to life. But... He obviously knows his island is crazy special, and that Locke yeah. happens to have a special connection to this island. So if there is a chance, it's going to happen on his island. So I, I'm like, that. That's kind of I'm thinking. It's like, if I'm if I'm Ben, I leave him in Los Angeles. You know, right? So. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, if he was just trying to get rid of Locke, why would he have gone through the trouble that we've seen in previous episodes of, you know, telling Jack that they had to bring Locke yeah. with him to the island? Exactly. Um, you know, all that stuff. Yep, exactly. You know, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally not I mean, definitely they're trying to make it seem like Ben is, you know, evil and they're trying to make us go back and forth as to whether or not Ben is good. And I really I just totally see everything he's doing as like he's just a cog in the machine. Right. And doing what needs to be done, you know. Yeah, I see that as well. And, and as I brought up in the last episode, you know, I was saying if if Ben is this just god awful evil person, then why would um I can't remember her name, but Dan's mom even include him on any of this. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah, that's that's one thing that's still not clear to me is why exactly Ben is one of the people going back to that island. Right. I mean, I don't really see him as a proxy for anyone else. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of weird. And he's right. not supposed to be back, you know, be able to go back after he left. Exactly. Yeah. So on the island, Locke goes into the office later where Caesar was looking around and tells him about, you know, him being on the island before, et cetera, all that stuff. And uh, Caesar says he has a mystery, too. On the plane, he was sitting across from, you know, Hurley. He's talking about Hurley. And after the shaking, he disappeared, and it wasn't only him. There were others as well that disappeared. 
and Locke says he thinks he might know how he came to be there on the island, but he needs to find his friends. And Caesar says there are lots of people who got hurt, and among the people, Locke sees Ben lying unconscious in a bed in mm-hmm. the kind of the makeshift hospital. And he says, he's the man who killed me. Yep. Now, my main confusion with this is, I mean, are they trying to say that basically Locke, from the moment he, you know, I guess woke up or whatever you want to call it, didn't quite know why he was on that plane. But now once he saw Ben, he realized that Ben had killed him. He says, he, he says that I, I, he was talking to the lady. He says, I remember dying. Right. You know, so he remembers up until the point where he died. And then mm-hmm. I guess, you know, when he, when he realizes he's on the island and he sees probably mm-hmm. Ben there, I think he has to assume that Ben brought him. Right. You know, I mean, that's my only assumption is that because yeah. why else would he be on a plane that would end up in on back on the island, you know? So yeah, it, right. if he would have been Jack lying there or anybody else, he could have made the same assumption, but it was Ben, you know? So at right. this point, Ben is actually kind of back in control because Ben can say anything he wants when he wakes up and Locke's going to believe it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of water under the bridge since he's alive again. Exactly. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> if he killed him or not. Well, I mean, Locke, I mean, he tried to kill Locke before. You know, it's like we, right. we, we forget yeah. about that a lot. You know, I do at least. And I'm, mm-hmm. it seems like Locke almost forgets about it. It's like he tried to kill you. You know, yeah. he wants you off this island. He wants you away, but he, you, it can't happen. And I'm wondering if, you know, Ben's maybe not telling the truth. If he realizes, well, I can't get rid of Locke because I, the island won't allow me to. So I, I, I want to be on that island. And if it means I have to be under Locke, that's fine. But I have to get yeah. back to this island. He just was, doesn't want to be banished or exiled from right. the island like Widmore was. Like Widmore, right. Yeah. Well, any other comments before we get into our forum feedback? Um, I do think, I think uh, one thing happened here. The one plane crashed, obviously, on the island. I think they crashed mm-hmm. in one time period, and the others, or the other group, of the group was taken to 1974. Prior to the okay, crash. Okay, so they're in two different time periods. I, that's what Jack, I believe. Jack, Kate, uh, earlier one time period. Everybody else is at another. That's what I believe. Yes. Okay, I see what you mean. Okay. Okay, Nathaniel Starr writes, you know, how did Walt know his name was Jeremy Bentham when he met Hurley at the mental hospital if Locke never told him he was going by the name Jeremy Bentham? Hmm. So Hurley, now say, say that, who, who knew that? Do you remember uh, there was a previous episode uh, where uh, Walt went to see Hurley in the mental hospital? Oh, yeah, yeah, remember, yeah. Remember that? Yep. And, um, you know, Walt referenced Locke as Jeremy Bentham. And he says, you know, why, are you, why aren't you guys calling him by his real name? You know, that kind of thing. And, he, and Nathaniel Starr wants to know, how did he know his name was Jeremy Bentham whenever Locke never told him that he was going by that name? Uh, that's a good point. Uh, unless it could be summed up in his dreams. Oh, that could be. It may be uh, in addition to seeing Locke in the suit, you know, he heard something about a Jeremy Bentham name. Right. Yeah. But of course, there's been no indication. I think Locke even told them, you know, the people that found him, that his name was John Locke. He wasn't yeah. calling himself Jeremy Bentham anymore. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good, that's a definitely a good th- question. Yeah. 
I was curious about that too. I didn't even notice it, but that's a great point. Yeah, it is. He says, uh, this episode felt, this episode felt like lazy writing to me. It was like they all, uh, all they cared to show us was his conversation with Widmore and Ben killing him. They were too bored to really dig into the rest. It was like they had to put, put off this thing for so long, you know, two years that they were over it before they even got a chance to play it out. Something makes me think that if they had shown it earlier, maybe it would have been more rewarding. Um, and I assume this is about the whole, you know, Jack reading the obituary, crying, getting ready to jump off the bridge. And if you compare that reaction and the whole mystery around Jeremy Bentham, the payoff was, was kind of cheap. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, I mean, and like, I, there's such a gap between these episodes, you know, and I know yeah. for you all, it was even bigger, but it's like, mm-hmm. you, you kind of almost disassociate each the, the two, you know, you remember Jack right. almost jumping off the bridge because he reads the obituary, uh-huh. but you forget that, I mean, Jack was totally screwed up because Locke killed himself, supposedly, or died, at least. Yeah. You know, he right. didn't know he had killed himself or whatever, but he knew that Locke had died. And, I mean, it just, I, I, I get it, you know, like the, yeah. the, I guess the, I guess the payoff wasn't nearly as good. I mean, right. I think the two yeah, big. Yeah, I think if you went back, oh, go ahead. No, so I think the two big scenes that they spoke of were really great, but the middle stuff yeah. was kind of weak. Yeah, I think if you went back and watched the season three finale where, you know, we find out that it's all flash forward and Jack is, you know, about to jump off the bridge. If we watched that episode and this episode back to back, it would seem even more anticlimactic. Yeah. And it would be like, you know, what the heck? Surely it was something better than this. Right. You know? He says, I, mean, um, I, I guess, oh, though, I mean, this is just a, a random thing, but I guess if, you know, you know, the you sit there and the last conversation you have with, you know, Locke is that, you know, you're going off on him and you're saying all mm-hmm. this stuff. And, you know, and then you realize, you know, that the dude probably is telling the truth, well, is telling the truth, but yet he killed himself because probably mm-hmm. he, Jack blames himself. I mean, even just in the unsaid you know, just the un- the words that were not said between the two and, and the guilt that he carries, I can understand the pain that he has, you know, that would drive him to that. Yeah. So there wouldn't be a whole lot that you right. really could show during that because I think it was an inner battle more than it was anything else. Yeah. You know? Right. Yep. Just defending the writers. Was- oh, sorry. I said just, I'm said just defending the writers. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, I mean, I think that they, I don't think they've done a bad job. Um, I think that they they wanted to sell the mystery of Jeremy Bentham a lot in mm-hmm. season three, the season three finale, because it was so mysterious. And yeah. it's like this guy we've never heard of before. But it's like they waited, you know, two years to come around and actually tell us sure. the story of Jeremy Bentham. And the mystery doesn't live up to the explanation. Right. Definitely. Or the explanation doesn't live up to the mystery, I guess. Either way, yeah. So he says, uh, it wasn't like John ever tried with, oh, wait a minute. It was like John, wait a minute. It wasn't <laughs> like John even tried, which is out of character for him. The passion wasn't written in for him in any of the conversations. The John Locke I know would have fought with each one of them. I guess they were trying to convey that he had given up, but what made him give up? Whatever it was doesn't come across. Terry O'Quinn is a fantastic actor as is shown in the scene where it, with his struggle with suicide. But they didn't write the rest of it very well. He says, 
Uh, there are parts of this season that feel rushed. They couldn't. They could have had a full 22-episode season and ended on the same point. I don't think a little more exposition and breathing room would have been a bad thing for the show at all, even at this point. I know many of the hardcore fans only care about answers and mythology now, but they are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I want what wait. I want what made us um, fall in love with the show in the beginning, not rushed answers. Did they have, and he says, uh, did they have Ben kill him just because that would be more shocking? Sometimes I think they go for the shock over the better writing. What do you think about that? I mean, I think it's definitely great. You know, I mean, I think he's got great points or he or she, I don't yeah. know. But, um, yeah. you know, it's, um, I, I understand. I mean, the writing on this, in this show is why people love it, you know, and, yeah. and we can get caught up in answers and forget about the mm-hmm. depth, you know, and, and I, I think if, if I had to choose between the two, I definitely want the depth, you know, I want the, exactly. you know, yeah. so I, I totally understand and get that. Right. And I think I talked about it early on when we started this show that, um, you know, when I got interested in the show was the first episode of season two, you know, where Desmond wakes up and he's in the hatch mm-hmm. and it's like, holy crap, there's this house under the floor, you know, under the <laughs> ground, you know, yeah. and this guy's been in there all this time. But it was when I went back and watched season one to get caught up that I truly like fell in love with the show. Right. Yeah. And it was because of all the subtle character stuff, you know, that made the show worth watching, right. not just the mystery. Yeah. So I, I tend to agree, but I don't think the writers have done quite as bad of a job uh, in this season as, as maybe Nathaniel Starr would think. So uh, Brandon and Bama writes, this bothers me too. Why even visit Walt if it's apparently not necessary? I was pretty disappointed in this episode overall, considering the anticipation and the fandom that comes before every lock-centric episode. If getting back to the island is of the utmost importance in order to save lives, then Locke did a terrible convincing job. The writing made it seem like Locke would barely get three sentences out in his mouth, you know, get three sentences out of his mouth before getting rejected. I realized that the conversations were longer than what was actually shown, but I expected more. He says, at the time of of my writing this, the last two episodes of season five have yet to air. I'm hoping we get a definitive answer before the season is out for why... Locke had to die. And uh, BCK Lockhart writes, in the season three finale, they made a big deal of everyone calling John Locke Jeremy Bentham. So for me, this episode should have done a better job showing why nobody wanted to call him by his real name. It was a severe disappointment when case by case, John Locke visited each of the Oceanic Six, and to me, the answer was was never clear. Walt is the perfect example. He never said he was Jeremy Bentham at all. Some of the others, you could argue that he, we didn't see the whole exchange, but with Walt, we saw it all from beginning to end. Interesting to note that Walt was one of the ones that were supposed to go back to the island. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, thought, that lock, was, I thought that was oh, interesting. I, was, I thought that was interesting that, uh, that, that Walt was originally supposed to go back. You know. Yeah, and Abaddon kind of suggested that when they went to leave and, mm-hmm. you know, Locke was kind of like, no, he's been through enough. So again, it's kind of like, you know, if this, if the reason Locke believes he's there is to save the lives of everyone on the Island, but he's willing to risk that by not, you know, having Walt go along, that seems very unlock-like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he says, uh, John did a horrible job convincing anyone to go back. If he were truly a leader, 
he would have convinced them in a way that they would think it was their idea to go back like Ben would have. Yeah. Uh, to me, the entire episode was almost a complete waste and mostly disappointing. The exception was, of course, the ending when John is killed by Ben. John was going to kill himself. And when watching, I'm sure we are all thinking, OK, this is how it happened. Then Ben arrives, convinces him not to do it. But once he gets the info he needs, he kills him. Shocking. And then finally, Mama Pax writes, I have often wondered why Locke never told anyone about his cure from paralysis. As far as I can remember, only Rose and Sawyer knew about it, possibly Walt. Although that was never confirmed. You would have thought that if he told them, it might have at least caused the Oceanic Six to be more open to listening to him. Mm -hmm. Then again, since his leg was broken, they may not have believed about the island's healing power and just have thought he was simply lying to get them to do what he wanted. Also, if Walt is dreaming of him, perhaps he previously dreamed of him as Jeremy Bentham, like you said. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I was going to say. The idea, the, why didn't Locke say to Jack, okay, Jack, I know you don't want to go back, but what you don't know is when we crashed on an island, I was in a wheelchair, yeah. and then I could walk from that day on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a pretty big bargaining chip, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's huge. You know, but the thing I keep getting around to is, Richard did not say you you need to go talk to these people. He yeah. said you have to go die. Right. You know, and I don't think I don't care if he would have spent hours and days and any amount of time said the most brilliant things in the world to him that it would have yeah, made a difference. Right. It was the it was the the event of Locke dying that caused Jack to to you know, go overboard that caused all these right. events to continue, with Ben edging them on, that caused them get to get back to the island. Right, I agree one hundred percent. You know, so so I mean, I I just think that, you know, I think that you having that weighing on your mind about you dying. I mean, you know, that you had to die. Yeah. I think you almost think, I think Locke had to think that no matter what I do, it's not going to matter until I die. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought, is that he spent all of that time going around and talking to them, and you almost wonder if in the back of his mind he knew it wasn't going to do any good, and that's why he would have to die. Exactly. And I actually think, I mean, the the whole uh, suicide scene, in my mind, part of, it's like a he's torn between two feelings. One is, you know, he thinks that if he kills himself, that it's going to cause everyone to go to the island. But I think there's also a part of himself that feels like a failure oh, because yeah. he wasn't able to convince them. I think it's both. Oh, I do too. I think, I think as a, you know, and as a person in the real world, real world, he believes it doesn't matter if, if, the, if the island doesn't right. exist, then, and I'm not going to go back, then death is the best thing for me anyways. But if there's any yeah. chance of me going back to the island, death is the only way. Right. You know, so, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think you have both emotions going on there, and I think uh, as somebody pointed out earlier, the actor um, just play, portrayed this you know brilliantly. Yeah, I think so too. The death scene was amazing, oh, especially yeah. after after Locke is dead. I mean, they show a shot of Locke's face and his eyes, and I don't know if he actually was cutting off some circulation or something, but man, it it, it looks looked like, like it, <laughs> it yeah. looked like he was strangled to death. Oh know? yeah. <laughs> It was crazy. Yeah. But I guess overall, I love the episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a little bit um, disappointing that it wasn't more of a reveal, you know, about the whole Jeremy right. Bentham mystery. But I really liked it. 
I did you too. Know, especially him waking up on the island. Yeah, me as well. Anything else before we close this out? That's it for me. Wow, I can't believe we broke the one hour mark that we've been <laughs> surpassing, I think, the entire season so I far. Know. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks so much for listening. On Sunday, we're going to be discussing Le Fleur from season five of Lost. And until then, you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.